The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, for the gift of this day and the joy of life, we give you thanks. Lord, for the light of the sun by day and the light of the moon by night, we are grateful. For those Christians here at the well and at Central Church and in churches all around the world who commit themselves to bringing light and life to places marred by sin, dark as a hundred starless nights, give to each of us your grace to be light where we are. It is in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. In the Isaiah, the 58th chapter, and uh, I realize that uh, a lot of what I perhaps had prepared, I'm going to have to pare down just a hair bit, but that's okay. Hear the word of the Lord. Shout out. Do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways. As if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast but do not see? Why humble ourselves but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interest on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist such fasting as you do obey will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you cast this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I chose to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin. Then your light shall break forth like dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly and your vindicator shall go before you the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil. If you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall rise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets to live in. The word of God. For the, hallelujah. I want to speak for a few minutes from the subject, a call to be light 
in a dark world. A call to be light in a dark world. The book of Isaiah attributed to Isaiah ben Amos, who received the visionary call. You know that same famous verse in the sixth chapter. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting high and lifted up, and his train did fill the temple. But I want to remind you that more than 20 centuries later, there was a great mystic who said these words, that baptism is the ordination of the laity. St. Jerome, in the fourth century, said that baptism is the ordination of the laity. How many of you have been baptized? You've been ordained. And when you have been ordained, you have been ordained not to sit or to quit, but to serve and to bring light into dark places. Somebody say amen. Amen. This third Isaiah, because there are three movements in the book of Isaiah, chapters 1 through 39, 40 through 55, known as the second Isaiah, and then third Isaiah, 56 through 66, here is the subdued hopes of the exiles and refugees, somebody say refugees, who have returned to Jerusalem. The city, let me paint the picture, the city is in chaos. The temple is lying in ruins. The heavy tone of joy in 40 through 55 chapters is now tempered and subdued under the sobering facts that the city they left no longer exists. When our lives are chaotic, we need light. Light is defined by the Webster's Dictionary as electromagnetic radiation. When you were growing up, Were you ever afraid of the dark? I was. I lived in a big three-story brownstone in Baltimore. And uh, we were poor and didn't know it. And the third floor landing light never worked from the time I was six to the time I was 18. And there was no bathroom on that landing. You had to go down a long flight of steps to get to the second landing where the bathroom was at the end of the hall. And I had a brother who was seven years older than me. And when I would wake up in the middle of the night, scared to go to the bathroom, I said, could you go to the bathroom with me? He said, if you don't get out of here, I'm going to beat you. (laughs) And so here I am, creeping in the dark, trying to make my way down the steps with coal in my eyes, still half asleep. And every now and then, my father, who rose up at five in the morning every day to go to work, he would come out of the room and I wouldn't see him and he'd go, boo. <laughs> I didn't need the bathroom after that sometimes. <laughs> Somebody say amen. We all need light. When the Lord made the world and stepped out onto Stygian darkness, and he said in Genesis 1 and 3, I believe, let there be light. And the Bible simply declares, because he is omniscient and omnipresent, The Bible simply declares in a note of declarative thankfulness, and there was light. And the Lord called that light good. And he separated the light from the darkness. And James Weldon Johnson said he flung the the bigger part of the light down between the darkness, and he called it the sun. And the smaller ball of light, he flung it on the other side of the darkness, and he called it the moon.
But do you not know that each of us are the light of the world? Those of us who have been baptized and sealed for the kingdom, those of us who are working daily to bring judgment and righteousness and peace and shalom to the world, you and I are the light of the world. That's why we can sing this little light of mine. I'm going to what? Let it shine. I want to ask the question, what about you? How do you feel when you're in a dark place? Don't you wish for light when it's very dark? Have you ever walked to your car at night in an unfamiliar place and it was dark and you just wished that you had a flashlight or something just to make you feel more comfortable? There are people outside of these doors who are in darkness every day, even when the sun is shining. And that's why what you are going to do and what you're going to have an opportunity to to do is to turn your worship into work. See, real worship makes us realize that life is not always about us. Real worship makes us realize that there is some God in the worst of us and there is some hellishness in the best of us, but all of us have been created in the Imago Dei, the image of God. Here at at your church, you are always involved in things that allow you to bring light to a dying world. Church is not about this building. Dr. William Bobby McLean, my preaching professor at Wesley Seminary, says the church is what still exists after the building burns down. Gee, you and me, black and white, rich and poor, male and female, haves and have-nots, we are the light of the world. The world will know no light unless we bring it. The world will, will walk and stagger in darkness unless we declare, like the writer says, lift your voice. Not just your voice about partisan politics, but lift your voice about a God who is the God of the Dems, the Republicans, and everybody, moderates and conservatives, and everybody in between. He is a God who loves everybody. Lift your voice. But not just your voice. Lift your hands. For you see, God has no other hands in the world now but yours and mine. If there's any work to be done, if there's any good to be wrought, if there's any light to be shown, it shall shine through you and I. And if this world remains in darkness, it will not be because of who is in the White House or who is in the Congress. It will be because the church has been silent. Silent not only with his words, but with his deeds. Our deeds must bring light. When we feed the hungry... Guess what happened? Light breaks in. When we clothe the naked, guess what happened? Light breaks in. When we adopt a school and go in and help a child learn how to read, guess what? Their light has come. There is a difference in theology between orthodoxy and orthopraxis. Let me say that again. There's a difference. Many of us have right thinking, that's orthodoxy. But very few of us have right practice. 
to take that which we know epistemologically and put it into practical divinity. In other words, what we know should determine what we do. Do I have any witnesses in here? And holiness. That's a word that the Methodists have stopped using. Holiness. But the Bible says without holiness, no man shall see God. Well, what does that mean? What's the difference between Methodist holiness and Pentecostal holiness? Pentecostals, long dresses, women, no adornments, and this, that, and the other for us. For Methodists and for those who understand the Bible, I think, correctly, it is a Micah 6 and 8. What does the Lord require me? To love justice and to love mercy and to walk humbly with our brothers and sisters and with our God. That, that is what holiness looks like. To be humble enough to realize we don't know everything. To be, be willing to say, you know what, I may not agree with you, but that doesn't mean I can't bring light to you. Hallelujah. We need light. Turn to your name and say, let's be light. Let's be light. Are you happy in darkness? Does the dark cause your heart to beat fast? Has anyone ever had a sick child at night? I've got four grown children and, and now three grandchildren, and we've had some long, sleepless nights over these last 30-some years raising children. Night seems like it will never end. But when a neighbor came by, when our first daughter was born and she was little and didn't know how to go to the restroom, and she was all stopped up, and the lady came over with a little bar of ivory soap. She said, if you trust me, she said, I'm not a nurse, but I had 20 kids. I, I, I can help her go to the bathroom. It was light when that child's bowels broke. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Oh, it's the little things that bring light. It's the little things that bring light. Here's what I want you to remember. Light is found in the word of God. In these uncertain times, let us seek a definitive and life-giving word from God. We're not Democrats or Republicans or Independents first. No, brothers and sisters, we are sons and daughters of God. Our light isn't in CNN, ABC, Fox, or Turner Broadcasting. Listen what the scripture tells us in 58, 1 through 3. The prophet is told to shout out, do not hold back. Now is not the time for the church to go on radio silence. The world is looking for light in a dark world, and God says, speak out. So we must speak out. But not only must we speak out, we must work it out. That's point number two. He says, here's how you're going to uh, allow your light to come forward. Verse 10 of 58. If you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places. In other words, God says, if you will worship me correctly and not get hung up on your needs only and see the needs of others, even in parched places, I will provide everything that you need. Why? Because the Bible says that God gives seed to the sower. If you're not sowing, you don't need seed. Amen? 
So, so I, me and my wife have learned that the way you get out of trouble financially is you give it to the right causes, and the Lord will send it back like a boomerang. When you're in trouble, it's not the time to stop serving. It's the time to serve more. Not to get out of trouble, but because you realize trouble doesn't last always. And if you can share with somebody while you're going through something, your light shines brighter then than when all of your bills are paid and your health is perfect. When you can say to people, I've got trials. I've got tribulations. I've got unanswered prayers. But you know what the Lord sent me to help you today? And your light will rise like the dawn of a noonday. Not just in that person's life, but because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The more you talk about God being bigger than your problems, the more your problems get smaller and your God gets bigger. The more you talk about deliverance in the midst of your own darkness, the more the noonday begins to take over the Stygian darkness in our lives. And we can be able to say, like my grandmama used to say, I know it was the Lord who made a way for me somehow. Well, I don't know about you. Even pastors I see do work. We are in this thing together. And at the end of the day, brothers and sisters, our words must become deeds. For if David Lowe's Watson was correct, the great missiologist from Candler School of Theology, who said in North America, and I close with these words, he said the problem with the church in North America is this, that the word of God became flesh and the church has made it word again, word only. You're right at the cusp of doing something marvelous in this city. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit into this community and bring light and watch light rise up in your own life, in your own family, in your own home, in your own community. Let the people of God say, Amen. God bless you.